Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. This morning when you came in, you were given hopefully one of these. Did everyone get one of these when you came in? Apart from looking really beautiful, they're really important. So last week, if you're here for Vision Sunday, we were looking at the God, what the good news is actually all about. Starting to look at it. We're going to be looking at it for the entire year. So we only just started looking at it last week. What is the good news all about? And sometimes we think the good news is the day you give your life to Christ, which is actually entry into the good news because the good news is actually about the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I came to proclaim or announce the good news of the kingdom. And so we want to explore this year what the good news is about because you can be a follower of Jesus and not totally understand the full gamut of the good news. And this, so to understand the good news or the gospel, we want to, we're going to, starting today, we're going to be looking at the miracles in Luke to get the nature of God and his kingdom, what it's all about and what you're actually part of if you're part of it and what you can be part of if you're not yet part of it. But we want to read the whole gospel. Now, this is a little bookmark that you can take home, pop in your Bible or maybe your Bible is your phone, so pop it somewhere that's good for you. You can work that out yourself. And to enable you to read, it's a very simple reading plan with a few little instructions there. And you know, someone said to me, well, they started reading it this week, Luke 1 and 2. If you're not familiar with Luke 1 and 2, it's all about the birth of Jesus. So it's basically Christmas. And they said, I started reading it and I feel like I actually know it. And uh, if you feel like that, can I say, you never really know it. So ask God to help you read it with fresh eyes. So Luke 1 and 2, this is this is this week, this is what we're reading and we want to bring this into our, our connect groups and even just to discuss it. Your connect leader might just say, what stood out to you in Luke 1 and 2 this week? And uh, the, the good thing about this is there's no right or wrong answers. What has stood out to you is what stood out to you. So you can say that. And if you have read this story of Jesus being born before, may God open your eyes to see it with fresh eyes. And you can do it however you like. It just says Luke 1 and 2 this week. You could do it like, you might think, I'm going to divide it up. You might be a really systematic person and you divide up all the verses and I'm divided it by seven and I'm going to do it like that. Or you might read chapter one one day, chapter two the next day, chapter one the next day, chapter two the next day. Or you might read two chapters every day. Break out of your old mould. A lot of people when they read the Bible read about two or three verses. Read a whole chapter. Read two chapters. Sit and read a whole book if you like. But try to do something that you don't normally do. like. Shake off the old, come into the new, and just see what God might say to you through that and then share it with someone else. And what will happen is when you share it with someone else and you listen to them, you'll learn something. you learn something in both ways. When you tell someone what you saw, you reinforce that for yourself. And when you hear someone else, you get an idea that you've never seen before. So have fun with that. That's what we're going to do. Today we're starting off with, in Luke 4. So we're going through the um, miracles of Jesus and uh, the very first one, so what we've done is chosen the miracles of Jesus, which we're going to preach through. And because we've done that, we don't just pick and choose, oh, this is the one that we think we'd all like to hear about, because this is the one about um, a demon being cast out of a man. And uh, we Westerners aren't bust on those stories as much. If we lived in um, Africa or Asia, South America, we know how powerful the spiritual world is. But we think here often in the West, that um, we're too smart for that. That's a trick because we're not. 
And so here we are, a story about a demon being cast out of a man. Interesting. Why is this the first one that Luke has recorded? So let me read you the story. Actually, before I read it, I just want to get it in context. Luke chapter 4, a lot, a lot happens in Luke chapter 4. The very start of Luke chapter 4, something that many of you will be familiar with, is that after Jesus was baptised, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. Not the favourite story because no one wants to think that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to be tested by the devil, but he was. He was there and in, in this time what happened to Jesus was that the devil tested him in three different ways and he took the word of God and he quoted the word of God and he was able to resist. He was tempted, as we are, the Bible says, yet without sin. And then he comes back and goes to his hometown who don't really want to hear much from him and he goes down to Capernaum. This is what happened in Capernaum. And on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are? With authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Okay, so here we are looking at Jesus beginning to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And what do we notice first? The word that stands out to me all through this and that you see in his testing in the wilderness as well is authority. There's a battle for control here. And people looked at Jesus and they listened to him and they said, he teaches with authority. Now they go to the synagogue regularly and they hear a lot of people teaching, but when they listen to Jesus, they're, they're amazed at the authority of his words. So what does this word authority actually mean? And it means more than just, um, well, you know, you're the captain of the soccer team. Well, it does link into that a little bit, but it's far greater than what you and I might be thinking. The Greek word translated here as authority is exousian, which means to speak out of one's being or substance. In other words, one who has authority is one who speaks of what he knows by experience. There's a difference. If you know something by experience, you have an authority. So if you want help with your tax return, you're not sure how to do it, and you go to an accountant, they have a lot of experience in that area. So they speak out of the authority of that experience. And most of you sitting here will have experience in somewhere from which you can speak out of the authority of. And when you speak it, so Jesus has these two areas of authority, of experience by which he can speak with authority. One is that he's, he's fully God. He's fully God and he's fully human. So he can speak from the authority of fully God. As he says, no one's been up to heaven and come back down again except for, for the Son of God, who he is. So he speaks from this authority of knowing all things, past, present and future of being the creator of all things, of understanding how human beings tick. He understands how you work. He understands why you're here. He understands your eternal destiny. He understands it all. He understands why you're dealing with what you're dealing with right now. He understands it all. He understands the answer for why you're dealing with what you're dealing with right now. So he speaks from this authority because he's God. But he also has this other authority is that he's fully human. So he relates to you. If, you don't, if no one relates to you, you can't speak an authority of being a person if you're not a person. It's like you can't speak on, from the, on the authority of um, how to live in Zimbabwe if you've never been there. You have to live there to experience it. 
It's the same for you. To understand you as a person, someone has to be a person. So he's fully God, but he's fully human. And yet he has learned how to resist temptation, to rise above it, and to defeat the powers of darkness. And Jesus says, for this purpose I came into the world to destroy the works of the evil one. So here we're getting into what the gospel of the good news, what the good news of the kingdom or the gospel of the kingdom is actually all about. It's actually about destroying the works of darkness in the world. Jesus said that. This is why I've come into the world, to destroy the works of darkness. That's why when we say um, the, the good news is giving your life to Christ, that's only the start of it. Then you go on a journey with Jesus to be one who works, follows him in destroying the works of darkness. It's far bigger than just you going to heaven. It's an incredibly big thing that you have, have, you, you have entered into. And so you and I, are disciples of Jesus, are learning how to do this. So to preach with authority or exousia, which is the Greek word, means to be able to proclaim the word of God with personal knowledge and experience. It means being able to say what the Lord and the church have always proclaimed, I know personally. Let's just pause on that for a moment. Because sometimes you can read the scriptures and you can know what it's saying, but you don't know it personally. Therefore, it doesn't sink deep in. Now, someone was just asking me between the two services, they say, I know a lot of people who are wrestling with faith and trying to work things out at the moment who were in church regularly before COVID. As we talked about it, one of the things I think that can happen is that you come to um, a community such as this and you have this beautiful sense of love and belonging and you get this uh, great relationship um, horizontally with people um, and you live off the warmth of that and that's beautiful, but you don't have this depth this way this experience and therefore on the horizontal level when someone lets you down they give up on church and God because that was the depth of experience. I'm not saying they're bad, I'm just saying that, that you need this as well. You need to have the personal experience. So people will let you down. People will things will happen, but if you don't have this, um you will you will fall away because you'll feel so let down by people. People do we do let each other down badly. And therefore we need this. And you can say, I know it personally. And therefore, when you know it personally, you can speak with authority. So if you're sitting here today and your marriage was ever truly on the rocks and you turned to God and through a process and time, you found his healing power, you can speak with authority over that. But if you're here today and you're divorced and you thought your life was over, but you pushed into God and you found his healing power, you can speak with authority on that. It doesn't mean that you say, this is what you have to do. This is what we tend to do as Christians. Here's my 10-step plan for you to get through this. Like I, um, I can speak in authority on overcoming grief and loss. And uh, I went through a time where I thought maybe God didn't love me. And I came right through that and discovered that he does. I can't give you a 10-step plan of how to come through that. All I can say with authority is this, there is a God who can restore you. He does restore you. That's the, and so I'm giving you hope. I'm not saying I, I can tell you some things that I did, but God will pull you through this in a way that works for you. All I can do is pray for you and encourage you. And each one of you will have something here. Sometimes some of you will have come through depression and anxiety and God has changed your heart and mind. And you can speak with authority on that. doesn't mean you tell people what to do. That's the mistake we keep making. just want to teach you what to do the way I did it. Just sit and listen and say, there is a God who can restore you. That's when you preach with authority because you've experienced the word of God personally. The problem is for many of us, 
we either have something from years ago because we haven't experienced him personally for a long time or we read about it. We read and it says, um, don't worry about anything. And we have a lovely Bible study about that and then we just go off and keep worrying. So it's not personal experience. Or we read there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus but then we'll sit and have a big condemnation party about someone or about ourselves. So it's not personal experience then. So you can't, it's just head knowledge. And so it says, For I have tested and experienced the word of God, this is this quote, in the laboratory of my own life and found it to be true. And now I speak to you not merely of what others have said, but what I know and experience to be true. Out of the substance of my own being, exousia, I announce this truth to you. That's what you're called to be as a follower of Jesus. And this is what we're seeing happening in this story. Jesus goes into the wilderness. He is tempted by the devil. He defeats the powers of darkness. And then he comes in in great authority and says, I have tested and proven that the word of God is true because I've used it here and have defeated the devil. He took the word of God each time. And uh, now I'm going to bring it to you. That's what you're called to do. God is calling you to much more than being nice. There's a lot of nice people in the world. They don't all know Jesus and they're very nice. It's not about nice, it's about power and authority. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. And being nice, I'm not saying can't be nice, need to be nice. And so we, out of the substance of our own being, announce this truth to other people. So let's go back to the story. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out the top of his voice, Go away, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. Many things to notice in this. Firstly, Jesus has the ability that each one of us need to delineate between the person and the powers of darkness. And even though it says in Ephesians, we're not, in Ephesians 6, it says we're not fighting against flesh and blood, which means people, but Fighting, fighting against principalities and powers, we find that really hard to see that. And so you think that um, the enemy is the person. If we could all work out this and have this, the eyes of Jesus to see every situation where someone you think they're against you, they may be against you, to delineate between the, the precious creation created in God's image and the powers of darkness working here, the world would change. You'd just have that ability today because Jesus can see the man here, but as you can see here, he doesn't actually have a conversation with the man at all because it's the Spirit speaking who says, go away, what do you want with us, Jesus? With us, Jesus of Nazareth. So he's talking about principalities and powers. He's representing them. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. That's not the man. Everyone's just sitting there thinking this is a good teacher. This is the first person to recognize who he actually is and it's not a, pers- it's not a person. It's actually a, it's a demonic spirit who recognizes who he is. You might think, that's weird. Now, the only reason you'll think that's weird is because you've never experienced it before. It's funny how we think something is weird when we haven't experienced it before. But it's actually true, and some of us here have experienced something like that. I I can speak with authority on that because I've actually experienced that before. Where I've heard a voice that is not that person coming out of a very sweet, lovely person and uh, seen that demon cast out. And it happens. It happens. And you might think, well, that's freaky. Well, it might be freaky. But it is powerful and someone is set free and um, they have a joy in their life, the need to be set free. It's true. It's true whether you struggle with it or not. 
It's true. I had an experience once with one of our with a young adult connect group I had quite a few years ago, and uh, we were reading some passage like this and studying it in the uh, non-experiential way, having a nice intellectual discussion about it. And one of the guys there said, um, why don't we see that happen all the time? And I started to give a very bland, nothing answer. Oh, well, you know, I can't remember. It was boring, whatever I said. And um, I thought, I'm just trying to sidetrack this, even though I had been someone in my growing up who had seen this, sidetracking it because I'm thinking, oh, they might think it's freaky or something. So anyway, I said, I don't know. I actually don't know the answer. Why don't we ask God? We'll just pray and ask him. And uh, as I was sitting there, there was a girl lying on the floor in front of me and suddenly she started shaking and uh, a voice came out of her that was not her. She's a very sweet girl who's uh, still ministering in our church and um, they got a, had a good training ground that night and um, they learned how to, in an instant, see her set free from that. And um, it was incredibly powerful. And so I do know what happens and I saw an amazing thing happen in her life as well. So that does happen, but this is not a message on deliverance ministry. That's just to say this, this actually does happen and while you're pretending it doesn't happen, the enemy can just go on doing whatever he wants to do. But what we do see here that Jesus could delineate with is the power of darkness and people. Okay, Now, people play into the powers of darkness. You and I do this all the time through the things that we do and the things that we say. But Jesus could delineate, and he can with you as well, to between the powers of darkness and people. And uh, I was talking to um, my son, who's, who's doing film school at the moment, just talking about a conversation that went on in, with some people in his class. And they were talking about the polarisation of the world and how um, people unite against a common enemy. So, for instance, if you are pro-vax, you get a little group and the common enemy is anti-vax. You're our common enemy. Or if you vote for Labour Party... Little group, common enemy, liberals, greens and everyone else, okay? You choose your common enemy and we unite over that. Yes, oh, do you dislike them? I dislike them too. We have a common enemy. That's, that's combined together. So someone said, we need aliens to invade, don't we? Because if aliens invaded the world, we'd all have one common enemy and uh, we'd all unite. And I said to Caleb, thank you for that. That's really helpful for my message on Sunday. We do have a common enemy. Everyone on the planet, Christian, Muslim, Jew, atheist, everyone has a common enemy <laughs> to destroy us. And when we don't understand this, we divide against each other. If only we could have our eyes open to see there is one common enemy on this planet and it's not the person sitting next to you or it's not the person passing you too dangerously on the road. That is not the common enemy. And it's not the person who votes differently to you. Or the person who doesn't like masks or does like masks or whatever. It's not that person. There is a common enemy. May Jesus open our eyes to see the common enemy because that would bind us all together. That's what we're called to do. And so in this, Jesus says, come out of him. And what Jesus has done here is gone to the wilderness and he's learned how to overcome the struggle within first. He's gone spiritual battle within using the word of God. And because of that, he has the power to go and start defeating darkness. And whatever you and I don't realise that the battle starts inside our hearts and minds, we won't be very effective. But I believe God's calling us to be people of power, not just people of good ideas. Because Jesus isn't just somebody with good ideas. 
He isn't just somebody who will tell us how to establish a better relationship with God, even though he does do that. He is somebody with authority over everything that the physical world on the one hand and the non-physical world on the other can throw at us. This is a Jesus we can trust with every aspect of our lives because he has authority over everything physical and non-physical. And so this is what he says. He goes, Luke 4.43, just after this he says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. So what are you seeing so far as the good news of the kingdom of God is the power and authority of God, his goodness, his love, his patience, his deliverance is coming into the world. This is the good news of the kingdom. And the good news of the kingdom manifests in so, so many different ways. It may be the casting out of a demon, but it may be the power to be kind and gentle in a very difficult situation. Only the power of God can bring that. It says in Romans 4, it's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. It's not the anger of God or the wrath of God. It's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. And truly, all of us know that sometimes to be kind and gentle in a difficult situation only comes with the power of God. To have forgiveness in a difficult situation only comes with the power of God. This is the kingdom of God. He comes with power. And some of these things that the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy and peace, they come with an incredible power and you and I get to bring them into the world but it will take the power of God to do it, not just you with good ideas trying to be nice. If it was that easy, we would have accomplished it a long time ago. Well, that's actually not easy. It's the, the Spirit of God makes, makes it easy for us. It's just that we have to surrender to him to enable it to happen. And so Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. I've come to destroy the works of the evil one. And so he's going off now to, to show a new authority has come into the world. And you as a, as a follower of Jesus decide to live under this authority. You see, there's two th authorities that you can choose to live under in this world. There's the power of love and there's the love of power. And each one of us battles with that. When you hear the love of power, don't just think political leaders, military leaders, whatever. Think of you because you are a person just like a political leader and a, and a military leader. Don't think you're exempt from the love of power. Everyone loves power. Everyone loves everyone to do what they want them to do. It's called power. You see it from... Go out to crash today. You'll see the love of power. These are my toys and I will play with them and you will not. And I will hit you if you try to, you know, there's love of power. And raising children, there's a battle for power. Can I have this? I demand this. I want this. I will scream till I get it. Love of power. And then you grow up to be an adult and you just learn how to couch it with politeness. You don't scream so much anymore on the outside. But you do on the inside. It's called love of power. And I think it was last week I was talking about the two types of love, the agape love of God and, um, and the self-centered love. And the self-centered love is described as love with a hook at the end of it. In other words, I love you but I, I do expect to return. And we think we don't have it until you wake up and you realize that you're upset with someone because you've done a lot and they didn't return, which means that it was... Um, I loved you, but I demand a return, even to people that you really love. But the other one is described as an arrow, that I love you because I love you. Just love you. I'm not demanding a return. I just long to love you. And so which one do you live under, the love of power or the power of love? 
See, the birth of, of Christ brought a terrible reaction from the evil king Herod. His terrible reaction was motivated by the love of power. Herod was the king. He didn't want his power to be threatened by this baby who had been born at Bethlehem. In love with his own power, Herod tried to do away with Jesus. He failed, but what a cost there was for other babies and families in Bethlehem. And when we operate under the love of power, there's always a cost. It can be a small cost, maybe one person's life, one person's salvation might seem small in the big scheme of things, but to God it's big. The love of power, what a cost there was for babies and families in Bethlehem. The love of power is a terrible thing. Thank God that the power of love has not been defeated by the love of power. Thank God that the power of love will not be defeated by the love of power. And sometimes we need to um, wake up and ask God to show us, do we have blind spots here? As we were driving to church this morning, I was telling Graham about the revelation I had, and, uh, which is for another sermon, but I was talking about this revelation and it said it just made me realise that it was about a passage I'd seen I'd never seen it like that before. And it just makes me see that there's some things that you've read over and over again and I just didn't realise what it was actually saying. And as I said that, the, uh, the road sign overhead suddenly flashed to you, beware of blind spots. So I thought God was probably speaking to me through that. So the power of love and the love of power, this is what happened to Jesus, which was able, enabled him to operate in the power of love rather than the love of power. So just backtrack to the beginning of the chapter when he is um, in the wilderness and it says in verse 5 of Luke 4, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Okay, so you might think, what, what, what do you mean the devil's saying all the power and authority has been given to me? Well, it has been by people. And he's called the prince of this world. And Jesus has come back into the world to take back that authority, but there is a pathway to get that authority. He will be crucified for your sins and mine, for the sin of the world. He will die. He will be humiliated. He will be whipped. He will be cursed. And he will rise again. And that's the path that God has chosen to bring redemption for the world. And so Jesus has the choice of grabbing the power with the love of power, like, well, I could just do this now and bypass all that stuff or I could operate under the power of love and give my life for the sake of the world and he chooses to operate under the power of love and he gets this, it, this power that is, um, makes him Lord of all and you choose which one you want to follow and, and the devil says if you worship me it will all be yours and Jesus answered taking from the word of God worship the Lord your God and serve him only and so we need to ask ourselves, which one do I really want? Do I want to operate like Jesus who has the power of love and looks at this man and says sternly, not to the man, be quiet, come out of him and immediately defeats the powers of darkness. You see, when you can wrestle with this and allow and really surrender to the Holy Spirit in your life and live under the power of love rather than the love of power, you too will have the authority to bring goodness and hope into the world. But it's got to start within you. There's no point reading the Bible and just having it as this nice little textbook and thinking you can do all these things without allowing to doing what Jesus did and allow every day allowing the Spirit of God to enable you to wrestle with these things till you surrender to his love and power. 
because what Jesus had to do then was to choose to follow his own way or follow the way that God had set out before him. And the way that God had set out before him cost a lot, but it brought great results. And the way that God has set out before you will cost a lot, but it will bring great results. And the way he set out for each one of you is different, and for me it's different. But what we're called to do, what we saw Jesus doing when he's tested in the wilderness was not some of the things that we think we're tested by in this life was the thing of will God provide for me? Will God's path that he's taking me through lead to ultimate victory and can I trust him? Those things, they're, they're the biggest wrestles that you have to go to. Will God provide for you? Is the path of life that God has chosen for you, if you trust in him, will he bring ultimate victory? And can you, you don't have to tempt him, can you just trust in him for everything to prove who he is in your life? It's the biggest spiritual battle you go through in life. And as you come through that, you get stronger and stronger and then he, you will experience his love and his breakthrough and everything and you can bring that into other people's lives. But you have to experience it to bring it into other people's lives. And so what happened was Jesus just said sternly, be quiet, come out of him. He didn't humiliate the man. He didn't say, get out. How dare you speak in the middle of my message? Get out of here. And everyone else feeling self-righteous about it. Sometimes that's what we do as Christians. Someone disagrees, someone has a bad attitude, someone swears, and what? Get out. I had a young adult connect group once and I had a girl who was just on a road to find Jesus and every time we had sharing and everyone had shared something great that God had done, she shared things with lots of swearing and someone said to me, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Just letting her know that she is on this journey with all of us until we saw her gradually transformed. And cope as you see someone on this journey to transformation. Just love her. And, um, and she was loved. She was loved and God did a beautiful work in her life. And so Jesus doesn't humiliate him. He just uses these words and tells the devil where to go, back to where he belongs. And the man is instantly set free. He knows we don't even know the man's name. He's, the man is not humiliated forever. It's just a man. And Jesus had the ability to delineate to who he was talking to. And so which authority do you live under? Power of love or the love of power? Because sometimes you want to grab that power. And, th and this is what you saw in the book of Acts. People actually went to the uh, apostles and said, can we buy that power from you? That's the love of power. We, you know, they're seeing people healing people and delivering people. And we want that as well. That draws attention to us and we could make money out of this. So we'll buy this power from you. And they said, no, you don't understand it. Go away. You don't understand this. This is the power of love. This is not the love of power. And you can be a follower of Jesus and fill with the Spirit and very quickly turn from the power of love to the love of power because you see God do extraordinary things through you and suddenly you think, I'm great. And you forget it's not you who's great. It's the one who lives within you who is great. And so it says in Luke 4.36, all the people were amazed and said to each other, what words are these? You see, Jesus had said just before this, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's power. This is uh, the, the words they're talking about. When Jesus proclaims, it, it means to announce. And so your words are more powerful than you realise. Now, if you don't understand that, then think through your life and think of words that have been said to you and what power they've had in your life. 
think of the words of encouragement that you've had that have meant a lot and think of the words of discouragement that you still are upset about maybe 20 years later. You can remember them, can't you? Those things that you can say someone's name. I remember that because they said this. Because words have incredible power. And even on a natural realm, words have incredible power. So when you are filled with the Spirit, you need to be very, very careful with how you use your words. Because as Jesus says, you can't have fresh water and salt water coming out of the same spring. And, and sometimes we who are followers of Jesus have used our words destructively. We should never, ever do this because words have incredible power. And uh, this week it was uh, one of my sons had a birthday and on Wednesday night we had family dinner and um, we like to do speeches. And uh, we go around the table and everyone says something that they love. And this is Josh this week and last night we had a party for him and lots of people said things that they love. But on, on Wednesday, um, Thursday morning, sorry, he rang us and he said, um, that was so great last night and he said, Everything everyone said about me was way better than I really am, but it makes me want to live up to that. See, when you speak the words that build up, people want to go there. That's where you want to be. Because that's what Jesus is like. It's like someone said about Josh last night at his party that he sees the gold in people. And I just love that term. Because when, when you look at a person, you have a choice. You see the gold or you see the dirt. What do you want to look at? There's much more value in the gold than in the dirt. And the thing is, Jesus looked at this man and he saw both and he just got rid of the dirt because he has the power to do that and set the man free. You only have the power to bring the gold out. You don't have the power to judge or to criticise. You do have the power to pray. You do have the power to see people set free and delivered. But your role is to bring the gold out of people. And as you speak, the, the God, you, know, you think, well, I can't. They're not perfectly this. Well, no, no one's perfectly this. But see, tell them what you see in them because your words have incredible power. Your family, your friends, your children, your neighbours, your co-workers, the person who's serving you in a shop or the receptionist at an appointment you go to, you have the power to bring words of hope and healing into every person's life. You're anointed with that to proclaim the good news and you can do it every day. It's the tool that you take with you everywhere you go. It's always there. Even when you've got a mask on, you can still speak. And so this is what we're called to do. We're called to live under the power and authority of God, to trust in his goodness and to proclaim it to everyone else. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. And you get it by loving God first, like Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Love him first, you live under that, and then you bring that to everyone else and it will come naturally. So just to finish off, I'd just like to get the worship team back up here now because I just want you to finish off because you think, well, how do I go and do that? Okay. So today, a couple of things to think about. You're either someone like this man who needs to be set free from something. I don't know what it is. It might be worry or hopelessness or anger or bitterness or something, but you'll know if you're trapped by something. You know, um, when people are in chains, it's to control them. You know, the first convicts who were here were in chains and um, that wasn't their punishment. That was to control them so they wouldn't run away. Their punishment was that they're sent out here but to control them, to get them to do what they wanted them to do, to work in chain gangs and all the rest of it, you put them in chains. So they couldn't do what they wanted to do, to be set free. And uh, I woke up with that thought in the middle of the night, one night this week, and I just felt God saying that there are people here today who are in chains, and it's a chains of um, hurt and pain and sorrow and fear and worry and jealousy and unforgiveness, all those things. You know what you're chained by because you just don't like it. 
but you're in chains and today God wants to set you free. But also felt that God is saying, there are people here today who are living too passively as a follower of Jesus and God has brought you into this world and filled you with his spirit to allow you to proclaim freedom, to go into the world with greater power and authority. You've been too passive. You're just being nice. And God's saying, nice is okay, but you're, I died on the cross for more than just you to be nice. I'm calling you into the world with power and authority to set people free. Maybe you're called to be an intercessor. Maybe you're called to use those words of um, power in your life to bring encouragement into people's lives. Maybe you're called to pray with greater boldness for other people and with other people. I don't know what it is, but I know that God's talking to you about it now and you know that you're called to operate in greater power. Maybe you teach kids and you're called to operate in greater power in bringing hope into the lives of young people. Maybe you work with elderly people and you're called to bring hope into their lives on a daily basis. I don't know what it is, but I know that God has placed you somewhere and he wants you to operate in power. And so I just want to finish off with this incredible spiritual principle of how to operate in the power of God. And it's from Philippians 4 where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Now you might think, oh, that's just nice and positive, but it's, it, this is power. Because when you rejoice in the Lord, you're saying, no matter what I'm going through now, no matter what it is, I know that God has great authority and I'm going to surrender to his power and authority in this situation. I will rejoice. And I will say to the powers of darkness, doesn't matter what you throw at me, I know that God is going to be the victor in this situation. Then it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. It's a funny little verse just tucked in the middle there. But what happens is when you rejoice in the Lord, um, the anxiety goes and the peace of God comes in. Don't be anxious about anything. The reason he writes that is because we all get anxious about things. But in every situation, every time that happens, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and the thanksgiving is um, understanding that God is doing what you've asked him to do. Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He will guard you. He, he will, before your answer comes, he will keep you peaceful. He will let you know that he loves you. You keep focusing on him. And if you do this, rejoice and you feel the pressure lift and then 10 minutes later you feel yourself going down that spiral, do it again. Just don't think, oh, I failed, now I'm hopeless. Speak life into yourself. I'm a child of God and... Uh, I'm going to keep getting up and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep winning this battle. So just meditate on this song for a moment. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.